but I, I felt, Pastor Bob and Sue, that God began to work this, this word in my heart yesterday. The word came to me was exponential, that in the next three years, the next three years, you have worked and you have worked and you have worked, and now there's an exponential work. There's a rising. There's an increase. There is going to be a flow that is not it's because of you, but it's not just because of you. It's because you've done the work in advance, and now the outcome is God's. I see there's going to be fruit like you have never dreamed of before. Your trees are loaded. You've allowed the pruning of the Lord. You've allowed the fertilization of the Lord, the, 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 the pouring out, the suffering, the things that you've been through. You, you've endured it. I, I want to let you know today, the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, but you haven't seen nothing yet in the next three years he's doing something exponential he's doing something with your fruit I see branches because you've allowed the pruning the branches are strong and I see the fruit dripping and dripping and dripping and dripping you're going to see fruit in all nations out of Vancouver Washington out of City Harvest Church and because of of all the work and all you you didn't run from from the pruning you didn't run from from the challenging time you stood there you took it and now God God has he has seen all of your labor for, throughout the years and he's doing an exponential work there's a rising there's a new thing in the last three these next three years is going to be ridiculous says the Lord because you're going to he's going to do the outcome of what you've prepared it's like uh it's, it's almost like the, the times that you went through the poop of the ministry, but you, you allowed it. And now all that fertilization and all the, it's, it's, it's like, it's like this right here. It's like this right here. You got four daughters, but now you got 11 grandchildren exponential. It's like from the, from the 120 to the 3000, it's just a work of grace. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I just see all these branches just drooping with fruit. And it's because you allowed the pruning. You allowed the work. You allowed God to plow. You allowed God to remove the clods. And he, listen, and he ain't done with you yet. I think, really, we, we hear this, but I believe the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to share that over you. Pastor, you got a word? Gosh, this was just, I would never try to interrupt you normally, but I just, this was stirring so deeply within me. Um, I just had been reading in Genesis, and I just felt it was like, as he was, as he was prophesying over you, I just was, I was reflecting on the name change from Abraham, uh, from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah, and I just want to, it's from, Gen it's Genesis 17, and I feel like when you guys transition from being lead pastors at City Harvest, he's changing your names in this way. Here, from Je Genesis 17, 5, it says, Abraham, or I'm sorry, Abram is translated as high father, Abraham, father of a multitude. Sarah, Sarai, my princess, to Sarah, mother of nations. 
So I just want to I just want to pray for you guys right now that he's he's that God speaks over you that as you guys let go of something that has been so precious to you and that you have fathered and mothered for so many years, he's changing your name to father of a multitude and to mother of nations. And I just confirm what my dad spoke over you, and I just declare that you guys you it's it's too much to comprehend right now. The dreams that you've had were too small. I see I see him setting you guys over in authority, things that you never you never could have expected. He was setting you over authority. And I and I do believe also that it is going to be in other nations, but it's going to be in the US before. I even see situations in the past where you were overlooked. You were overlooked. And, 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 and it left you feeling like like a lesser son and a lesser daughter. But this time This time, God is making it very clear. There is covenant being established. He's given you part of his name, Ah, and it's father of of a multitude and mother of nations. We declare this over you, and we we believe that it's going to develop, yes, over the next three years. And as you complete the transition, that you're going to see the fruit of this word in Jesus' name. We come into agreement with the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 How wonderful. Wow. God loves to prophesy over prophets. <laughs> you know, uh, Pastor Bob and Sue is just everything. I mean, just like, wow. Oh, my destiny. A part of my destiny to them. And so Pastor Bob's poured into our life for um, a, a quarter of a century. And uh, Pops and the Lord poured into us before we were even part of of their movement at all. And so we moved to, to City Harvest Church to help support them in their vineyard. And um, wow, City Harvest Church is this amazing church in Vancouver. And um, just the sons and the daughters they have throughout the nations. And, and we're just one of them. And we're just really, really blessed. And you're going to be really blessed this morning by Pastor Bob's ministry. And he's going to minister a little while. And then they're going to be released in prophecy. And we'll just see all that God does this morning. But would you would you give... Pastors Bob and Sue, a big old Heart of the City Church welcome this morning. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. And uh, not the word, it's just uh, being loved by the church here. This is kind of home away from home for us. And in many ways, I was telling Pastor Ray Dean that uh, we are going to transition out of our church in three months, I mean, three years and eight months exactly on our 25th anniversary. Uh, my successor, my son in the faith, and really a son to J.O. and Ray Dean, Peter Schrader's preaching this morning at uh, City Harvest Church. I texted them this morning. I said, this is your day and this is your time. And uh, I had received, you guys remember Charlie Sweet from last year? Yeah, he's pretty spooky, isn't he? He's pretty, and uh, picked Charlie up at the airport and uh, got in my car. He was ministered for me last June, and, and uh, he, first thing he says, you got to let go of what you got in order to grab what God has for you. You're going to miss the will of God. And uh, so it was, uh, thank you, Charlie. I appreciate you coming to... City Harvest Church and starting off by nerve-wracking my whole life, but uh, <laughs> God is good. Our lives are in his hands, amen? amen? Just finished my autobiography, and so kind of 
I've had to do a lot of reflection on my life to, to redo your life chapter by chapter and story by story and trial by trial is, is heavy. And I ended my book, I, I, I don't want to even spend time about where I came from, but one of my great scriptures that's been a life scripture for me is out of the Song of Hannah in 1 Samuel 2, and he says he raises the poor from the dust, and he sets them among his princes. I'm the son of a bag lady. I'm the son of a crazy person who was out in the streets with the bags, a hoarder, evicted from house to house, seriously molested, messed up kid by the time I'm 20 years old. And yet through all that, in my own rebellion, response to my own pain, God and his love came after me. I understand, I understand grace. But I end my book... My daughter's editing it. She's far better writer than I am. She'll probably change it. That this is not a myth, nor was this a fairy tale. This is my story. And I quote that scripture. That's what he does. He takes beggars from the dust, and he makes us princes. He makes us princesses. Isn't that the beautiful gospel? I want to I talk to you about the will of God. It just We're going to talk about the will of God and, and prophecy, you know, Prophecy is many things, and this has been a prophetic weekend, and, and uh, it's been so great moving with uh, my wife, Sue, and, and Jonathan, and Elena, and uh, just because I've known all them for years, it's just been a family affair. It's felt like family the, the whole weekend. Uh, I'm just overwhelmed by what God has done here at Heart of the City. You know, I remember the elementary school where some of you started, and ragtag band and you know Seth was in diapers almost and uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't like this in the beginning and J.O. had great faith he moved a little bit of time a little bit of time and they would just step at a time for about nine years and all of a sudden one day the the rocket ship just went vertical and went out into the ionosphere and, and uh, here we have it but just what God's done their leadership and how they've grown is just is staggering to me but the prophetic, the prophetic, it, it does many things. One, it obviously reveals to us promises that God wants to do for us. And, and, and we are people of promise, amen? We are people of hope. We are people of a future. I was 17 years old looking at a Standard Oil refinery. My mom was the town crazy woman. My dad abandoned us. I was living in garbage, and I was hardly fed. And I remember saying to myself, the age of 17 is my life will always be cursed, I didn't know Jesus then. I didn't know I had a future. I didn't know I had a hope. But we're people of the promise, amen? People of the promise. And so that's one of the things it does. It promises, but promises are never for us. Blessings are never for us. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and in through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So blessings never for us. It's for that blessing to come upon us that will result in the blessing of others. And so promises come. It's a breakthrough. He breaks through the voices that are in our head. Those sticky notes that are on us from things people said or the way the enemy spoke to us about ourselves. He, he comes and he takes off those sticky notes, uh, the confusion we might have, where we are in this season of our life, our, our view. I love 1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart and knows all things, okay? The know all things comes and it starts revealing. You know, Paul said, I don't even judge myself. 
He doesn't even judge himself. You know, he evaluated himself. What he was saying is, at the end, God is the final judge, and he sees things that man cannot see. I remember one time I prophesied over a, a woman in Brazil, and I said, if people look at you, they think you're arrogant and proud, but you're not, you're humble. I remember the pastor was really upset with me afterwards. He goes, I think she's proud. <laughs> Maybe that prophecy was for you. All right. Come on, it comes, to, it comes our traction to the world. He comes, sets it straight. Come on, there's an adjustment sometimes. It's always in love, but he wants to realign us. We're getting way, you know, swayed over here, swayed over there. He comes and he breaks through to bring clarity about what his heart is at. But really, the, the one thing, the main purpose of prophecy is to reveal God's will. What do you think Paul said? Uh, desire spiritual gifts, but especially to prophesy. Isn't that interesting? Why was that? I, you, we could do a healing, and you could be physically healed. That doesn't mean you discern the will of God. Everybody that Jesus healed didn't get saved. You know, I, I love people now. They're out in the streets. They're getting words of knowledge, praying for the sick, and they absolutely should do that. But just because someone got healed, you pray for someone, and God, by his mercy, showed his goodness, doesn't mean they've been led to repentance yet. Okay, but what prophecy does, prophecy reveals the will of God, the will of God. So I want to talk about the will of God with you. I want to read you some verses, and, and uh, I have no power slides behind me or PowerPoint or keynote or anything. You're just going to have to listen, look up the word. John 5.30, I'm going to read this fast. This is Jesus. Remember him? Can we trust Jesus' words? All right. I can do nothing by, of my own initiative, just as I hear, I judge and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. So Jesus did not come to seek his own agenda. He did not come to seek his own interests. How many people want to be like Jesus? I think we're here. We want to be like Jesus. Well, you can't seek your own agenda and you can't seek your own interests. Okay. One of the beautiful things about becoming a Christian, you get to live a life of selflessness. You get to go the back of the line. You get to defer others above yourself. Okay, Jesus, once again, we quote you some words of Jesus. John 4, 34, this is in the Samaritan village when he ministered to the woman. The whole village is now coming out. They want a word. They want to meet the Messiah. His disciples have brought him a lunch from McDonald's. And he says this, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. That's my food. That's why we fast, because his will is more important to us than eating. I mean, is it that high of a priority his will is before breathing his will is before water his will is before food absolutely it's his will and he says and to complete his work there was a work that jesus had to accomplish there's a work god wants you to accomplish Jesus again, matthew 721 this is the scary verse this is the terrifying verse that every christian hates not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and you say, oh, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father. And it seems like being committed to doing the will of the Father is a ticket into eternal life. It's not an option. You can believe in me. I'll give you grace. You may, you may not want to do the will. But if you do, it's a great program. I think you'll really enjoy it. No, no, no. Whoever does the will of my father gets the ticket 
in to heaven. Now, I know that's terrifying because everyone's, oh, did I hit it? Did I miss it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, here's the issue. God's involved in your life. He's fulfilling his will with you more than you realize. He's working with you more than you realize. He's not going to keep it a mystery. He's stirring it in you. There's a lot of things you do. You think it's not God, but it is absolutely God because of the way he made you. And if you get a few wisdom tips, you can all of a sudden just discover all the activity of God in your life. Paul said this. Listen to Paul's prayer for the Colossians. He had never been to the church of Colossae. He didn't plant it. Epaphras did. One of his disciples planted it. But Paul wrote a letter to this church, and he said this in Colossians 1.9. For this reason, we, you know, Paul always saw himself as a team. We also, from the day we heard about you, have not ceased praying for you and asking God. Here's what he was asking God for the church of Colossae. This is what I'm asking God for you. That God, to, to fill you with the knowledge of his will. My prayer, Paul said the closet, that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will for you. I think this thing called the will of God is fairly important. Paul said in Ephesians 5, 17, for this reason, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. 1979, my wife and I have been married about a, a year, maybe close to a year and a half. And uh, we were going to a Bible college 18 miles from our little country church where we we're at. And they were bringing in a team of prophets like this. And the pastor, I want them to pray over you and your wife. And I was a school teacher. I was a, I was a special ed teacher. I was the high school football coach, high school wrestling coach. And, but yet I was consumed. I was two years in Christ. I was consumed with the Bible, consumed with this dream. I, I, just, I just daydreamed all day long, even when I was teaching and coaching, about preaching and helping people and coaching people and being a pastor to people. It wasn't all pulpit and crowds. It was one-on-one. -on -one. I'm a one-on-one -on -one guy. I love one-on-one -on -one stuff. And, and uh, I just I had this dream. This thing was consuming me. And all of a sudden, we went there, and, you know, I had a self-esteem about that big because of my background. I'm, I'm basically three years out of living in a garbage dump for 20 years. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the Lord says, I've come to you this night to confirm to your mind and to your prayers. Do I go for this job, that job, a career job? Give me your life, says God. From that moment on, I knew that I was slated for something different. There's, there's, do not be ignorant what the will of the Lord is. This thing's costly. Prophecies in the Bible weren't like, woo, that was so good. Did you hear that? It costs people. I remember after these prophets prophesied over me, Leonard Fox, one of the great prophets of the 20th century, grabbed Sue, pulled her aside. She's a young wife, poor thing, 22 years old. You know, she's been saved about a year and a half, two years. And he says, you believe the word? <laughs> Are you willing to make the sacrifices that this word's going to call on your marriage and your life? It wasn't a nice word. It was, it was pretty heavy. We walked out with a big yoke over us called the will of God. But he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen? With Jesus, it's light. It's been a great journey. But we had to know that this was about the will of God. Now, there's some tensions in the Christian life. I'm going to cover these tensions real quick. And then we're going we're gonna to get into the prophetic. And so 17 minutes, 54 seconds, 53 seconds. I don't know if it's going up or down. Okay. I, I, I don't know how close I am to finishing here. There's a tension between a thing called grace 
in a thing called obedience that we live in. Right now, grace has been such an emphasis the last 10 years. And it's been a, I think it's been a great emphasis, and it's really healed people, and people have found out how much they're loved and the whole identity of who we are in Christ. And I, I'm probably one of my top two or three songs right now is the Hillsong song, I Am Who You Say I Am. I mean, I, I, I turn that on my stereo in my barn when I'm looking out, and I am who you say I am. Who I am. Who I am. Who I am. Good stuff. Adopted. Adopted by the Father. These, these beautiful things and the unmerited favor of God. God just does a lot of stuff for us that we can't do ourselves. Have you noticed that? You can't do it and you're at the end of himself. What happens? God shows up and he helps you. It's grace. I mean, J.O. sickening. God's favor's on him so much. I just get jealous and just don't want to talk to him for a while. <laughs> Whole life is favor and favor and favor. You want to know why? Because he's an orphan. is an orphan. My son-in-law, Ryan's an orphan. And I watched with orphans through my whole life pastoring. I just watched God watch over them. There's some people who have been orphans I know since their teen years. I've just watched favor, 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 favor over their life because God keeps care of the orphans. It's just favor. It's just grace. We don't deserve it. It's just because he is kind and he's good and that these are great teachings. But grace is also not just favor, but grace is a force. There's two Fs. There's favor from grace, and there's force from grace. He works in me, both the desire and the do of his good pleasure. There's a force, and this force moves me to obey, not just wallow in half commitment. Well, I think I'm going to go to church today. No, 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 you're resisting grace. Now, there's time to go off camping and have time to go see Aunt Sally and, you know, mow her backyard, all that type of stuff. But when we just kind of have this half-hearted commitment, one, one half of all young couples who check their kids into our children's ministry attend our church once a month. That's not because they're going off and mowing Aunt Sally's backyard. That's because they're wallowing in this thing. They're enjoying grace, but they're wallowing in this thing called obedience. There's the phenomena of obedience for God, because of grace working in my life, erratically and committed to possess his promises by my obedience. You, you, you possess promises by obedience. Hebrews 10.36 says this, for you have need of endurance, for after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Ooh. People want to receive some promises. God's, there's a phenomenon of obedience that is worked in by grace that we got to respond to. There's assurance versus resistance. Come on, we are assured of our salvation, amen? First John 2, John writes to the, the church, my little children, I write to you that you would know that your sins are forgiven for his namesake. Come on, for namesake, because of what has he has done died on the cross for you. He went for you. He paid the penalty. He came after you. He rose again from the dead. His spirit drew you to himself, forgave you, adopted you, sealed you. Come on, my children, I write to you that you would know that your sins are forgiven. But then he goes on, he says, do not love the world. So there is this assurance, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. But there is this resistance too. I got to resist the world. I got to resist Satan. There is a Satan coming after you. You are in spiritual warfare. The devil doesn't like you. He wants to take you out. He wants to destroy your potential. 
And we live in such a secular culture that divorces the middle world of demonic activity that we forget we're in warfare. Paul didn't. He said, stand fully armored against the, every principality and power. You go to John John's country where he was raised, man, it's serious stuff. I mean, I was with his dad in a, in a town square, in a plaza, where a little 12-year-old girl blindfolded on a, on a bar stool, a crowd of about 500 people, her little, her little master would point it at somebody and she'd call out their address, their driver's license number. I mean, she was demonized at the age of 12. Just, everyone was just awed, awed by the supernatural manifestation. But the problem is that guy couldn't tell that little girl, that little girl couldn't tell those people how to get out of sin, out of deception. Well, he leads us down these nice paths. There was a big bite at the end. Come on, we're to resist this thing. Come on, there is the general will of God. There's the, there's the specific will of God. Yeah, there's sovereignty. You know, J.O. Always, always texts me all stuff. He, he's so tender. He just wants to do the will of God. Doesn't want to be presumptuous. You know, uh, let's go lift weights in Hawaii if God wills. Okay, it's always what God. I'll meet you for coffee if God wills. Wait, wait buddy, you get killed on the way to the coffee shop? What's going on here? <laughs> there is the sovereignty of God, though. You know, I prayed for that person. I prayed for him. I prayed for him, and they died. Pastor, what happened? They died. <laughs> God sometimes just votes. It is. It's his time, and we don't like his will. We don't like restrictions sometimes, and things don't always turn out, but God rules. He works out his plan. But there's the, specific, and there's the commandments of God. Paul said circumcision, that doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean nothing to God, but keeping the commandments is what matters. I mean, if people, right now we got this big debate about the Ten Commandments. It's, I can show you throughout the New Testament. It's just ridiculous. All through the New Testament, the commandments matter. Do you think you got the option to wrestle with adultery? Like lying, stealing, blaspheming God? I mean, there ain't no option. He works in us to do this. So yeah, we need to absolutely know what those things are because those he wants, it's, it's a reflection of his moral nature. I don't care if it's Old Testament. It's the same God. You know that, don't you? God didn't get two heads going. But there's a specific, a specific will of God where he wants you to do something. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he, he, he places each member, everyone say each member, in the body as it pleases him. Come on, he's pleased to put you here to function. First, first Peter 4.10, he says, everyone has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So man, I, I think I got the gift of healing. You better start praying for people. Yeah, you know, let me just say this. A lot of people want to like, I want to get the power of God going. You better just make sure you're ready. Because once you lay your hands on the first person whose blind eyes open up, you just lost all your rights. Your phone's going to ring off the hook 24 hours a day. They're going to be packed out in your front yard. They're going to be lined up. You, you just lost your vacation. You just lost your sleep. You just lost your, people are going to criticize you. And I'm a nice guy. They don't give a rip. They're just attacking you because you now entered into the realm of Satan. But it's not about us, amen? amen. It's about everybody else we're serving. Sonship versus verification, then we're going to get going here. It's 1017. We'll get some prophecy going. Come on, we're adopted by grace. Come on, God comes on. He just says, man, that kid's mine. He initiates that. 
But you know, sonship has to be verified. It has to be authenticated. It's authenticated by and tested through our obedience. Listen to this last scripture, and we'll get prophesying here. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. Although he, Jesus, was a son, he learned, this is Jesus now, he learned obedience to the things he suffered. And being perfected, now Jesus was sinless. Let's take that out. Being verified, being authenticated, being proven, being revealed that he's the real thing. In this way, he became the source of eternal salvation. So does God ever become a proud parent? Somebody said, you know, when Jesus said, when God, Father said to Jesus, you are my son on whom I'm well pleased, coming out of the water, you know, he just showed his unconditional acceptance. Jesus hadn't done anything. That's, that's wrong teaching. What do you mean Jesus hadn't done anything? For 30 years, he submitted himself to his parents. He grew in wisdom and stature and the fear of God and the favor of man. At 12, he told his parents, should I not be about doing my father's business? Come on. Hey, he was checked my son out. That's because he's divine. No, no, it's because he's obedient. Does God ever brag? What about Job? He said to Satan, you checked Job out? Huh? You checked Job out? Not a bad dude, huh? Guy's got game. Obeys me. And so Job was going all through all his stuff. You know what God was doing? God was showing him off. And right now, some of you are just going through some horrible, horrible things. I know that. I'm a pastor. I don't have to have a word of knowledge. Probably one-fourth of you are going through hell right now. We all have a section of us that go through it. My office is that way. Someone comes in, oh, Pastor, God answered my prayer. I got a raise. We got the house we wanted. And my daughter had that condition. And then with the doctors, it's gone. That's so good. We're writing a big extra chide to the church. It's good. Next person comes in. I'm losing my house. My kid is sick. Been sick for three years. What's going on? Same church, same pastor, same Jesus. But you know what's happening when you're going through this dark season? God is showing you off. He's saying, this is a son, this is a daughter who I'm verifying. Look at them, look at them. They're loving me. Look at them. They're, they're thinking of others. Look at them. They're following my will because they love me with all their heart. Remember, Job was restored. You will be restored. Let's do the will of God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet right now. Team, come on up here. And just, I just raise your hands to Jesus. Let's do a Romans 12 thing right now, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. Paul said, I beseech you by the mercies of God, the grace of God, present your bodies. You've got grace going, but now present in response yourself to the will of God right now. Just say, Jesus, I'm yours. Come on, if you want me to be a door greeter, I'll be a door greeter. You want me to work at the barista, you know, the, the, the booth and make lattes, I'll do that. You want me to work with two-year-olds, I'll do that. You want me to run a small group, I'll do that. You want me to just start praying more for people, I will. You want me to give more, Lord, I will. Just begin to say, God, I'm yours, whatever, whatever, whatever you're asking me to do. I'm reporting for duty, the will of God. I'm receiving your gift. I'm receiving your placement that I might serve others with what you have given me. You've blessed me to be a blessing. In my trial, I trust you. In my trial, I obey you. In my trial, I say your will be done in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
and amen. We're gonna we're gonna ask you to be seated, and we're gonna start prophesying here. Let's go at it. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful word. Thank you. Hey, I'm gonna just kind of uh, pull an audible. Would you come off the drums for just a split second, bro, real quick? Just very quickly, Telfer. I uh, all weekend I've been harassed with this word for the two of you, and I waited for this moment right here. But I want you to come and, and grab your bride real quick. Stand up to your feet. Now, I can prophesy over these guys because I know them very little. These guys know them a lot more. But the hand of God has rested upon the two of you for many years. And daughter, you were born in the house of the Lord and consecrated to the things of God. And there's a special grace upon you. And my brother as well, there's, there's an anointing and a grace upon you. And it's as though um, you've come into a new season these last few years where there's, this been, there's been an expedited growth upon the two of you. But you particularly, my brother, where the hand of God has been just at work within you. And it's as though there, there were years and times past when you were trying to f- uh, uh, fit another man's coat. It's as though you were trying to fit another uh, mantle. And you're, you're, you're trying to stay within certain lines, but it just wasn't you. It's like David trying to fight in Saul's armor. But that wasn't your portion. That wasn't the call. Because God's called you to be you. And you are the best version of you that there is. And that's the version that God created. And there's a special grace and a special anointing upon your life because not only are you given gifted and talented in music and in worship, but there is a preacher anointing upon you. You will preach the gospel. There will come fire from your mouth, and it's going to pierce the hearts of of the listeners. And yes, you're speaking even to young people at this time, but there are going to be those that are are seasoned in life that you will preach to, and they will get saved. They will be fed. For God says that you are a preacher. You are a preacher. You are a preacher and a prophet. And you're going to speak the word of God with great authority and you're not gonna you you won't be limited or harassed by the enemy's voice that will try to keep you contained because you're gonna soar it's like cage free you're gonna you're gonna be able to soar your wings are gonna be spread out and God's gonna cause you to soar high and far he's gonna give you eyes to see and wings to get there you're gonna see prophetically where, where God is leading you and the ministry and he's gonna give you the ability to get there A great favor rests upon your life. The days of insecurities, the days of frustration, the days when the enemy would have bombarded your mind and heart are over, says the Lord. Even as Joseph was was placed in a pit, I see the Lord pulling you out of that place, and there's a greater confidence. And yes, you're you're a great dude as it is. It's like, man, people like you. People are attracted to you. You got a great spirit. You got a a can-do attitude. There's a great faith about you, but yet the Lord gives you even a new sense of confidence and authority, just a new swag in the spirit. If I can use it like that. Sister, come here real quick. Spirit of counsel, my Lord, there is wisdom way, way beyond your years. It's, you're, you're kind of like the best kept secret. It's like you're kind of oftentimes behind the scenes just cheering others on, but there is a deep well. Wisdom, the spirit of wisdom rests upon you. Wisdom. There are generational blessings, of course, on your, on your, in your lineage, but there is a wisdom that, that God has granted you, and you're going to communicate with great eloquence and wisdom. Uh, similar to your mama, I, I also see the Lord using you in settings where you're going to be able to impart and people are going to marvel at the wisdom, the pearls that come from your mouth, the things that you speak. It's like God gives you keys and God's going to give you keys, not just in, in, in this setting, but I even see outside. I see in the marketplace. I see in the business community. I see in schools. I see in educational centers. God is going to give grant you great wisdom. 
for God's going to give you keys to access doors that people couldn't access. Uh, doors are going to open for you, and you're going to find yourself in secular arenas, coming with like an Esther anointing, walking in with beauty and grace and wisdom, and it's going to just... People won't know how to take it because there's just a grace and anointing. The Bible says in Psalms 5.12 that God blesses the righteous ones and he covers them with the shield of favor. Everywhere you go, the favor of God goes with you. Doors are going to swing wide open for the two of you. Doors are going to swing wide open for the young people, the young generation of this house. Doors are going to swing open. You're going to see an influx of many, many young people that are going to come through. Many people are going to come through for great grace is your portion, the spirit of wisdom. The Lord covers the two of you. The Lord covers the two of you. Get ready. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelts because the ride is about to pick up some more momentum, more speed. Things are going to get crazy around here. You're going to see. Get ready. But God's going to give you the extra stamina. You've been called. You've been set apart. You've been consecrated. Man of God, the Lord says he's pleased with you. Even that word that was just declared and spoken moments ago by Pastor Bob. The word is for you. This word is for you special critical pieces of this puzzle here in this house bless you in Jesus name I just also pray for I know you're going back to the drums but just say uh, there's a strength in the two of you that is going to um, leak out to the congregation People are going to want to attach themselves to you and experience the strength of your conviction, the strength of your uh, resolve in him, no matter what the storms of life look like. Uh, there is going to be a, a power package in the two of you that's beyond yourself. And, you know, that's an interesting thing. I've just really been observing leadership. There's a, there's a leadership pipeline going on in this house that's very supernatural. You know, there's a, lot of sup there's a lot of books about leadership, but there's a supernatural leadership anointing is what it's called of God. And it is in the two of you, but people will attach themselves to you, the both of you, and experience a strength and a resolve and an understanding of leadership will flow out of you to others. You're going to raise up leaders, young leaders, but it, 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 it's, not too, it's not too early to start raising up leadership. It comes in the way of your life, your example, your, your, your speech, the words that you choose because you both are really have beautiful, careful words of honor and speech about God's work and God's heart. He sees that and he's using that to multiply that um, in the house to raise up and to shoot others out. Some of your friends are going to be going, but it's okay because God is into um, expanding his kingdom over all the earth. Amen? Not just, you know, Coeur d'Alene is awesome, but there's, uh, there's literally millions of communities that God wants to reach all over the earth with his power package of what the local church community looks like in different cultures and different settings. And you're going to be preparing people to go. couple right here black you've been helping us out both of you guys you guys are married yeah uh i just see i see you both i 
see it, I see like a patchwork and I, it's like it's been sewn in different places all the way around in the right place. And the Lord says that not only are you able to go in and actually mend situations, God has put an anointing on your life, not only just for helps, I do see you able to come in in all these different situations and you're able to kind of like come in and be the perfect fit in that situation. And God says he's made you multifaceted. He's given you authority, but not just authority. You're, you're, you're like a stability for others, that they stand upon your shoulders. And even though you're young, there is something within you where you said, God, I just want to be used of you. And there's dreams inside of you. Like a Joseph, I see you both also having this dream. And even people would say that that dream is too crazy. And you've even heard the voices in your mind and your heart say, no, that's too much. But God says, absolutely not. He has called you. He has put that dream within you. And he's going to develop that dream. And even though there may be hardship along the way, just like what you heard, don't worry because those are the things that give you the authority to do what he's called you to do. And never discount the times where you have that little bit of pruning, like we were hearing this last weekend, because the pruning is what makes you into the most beautiful display of his kingdom. And so God says to continue to dream and, and, and be submitted to your pastors, the dream that he's put within you, because one day God is going to use you in ways that will blow your mind, in ways that will blow the minds of others around you that said you couldn't because God breaks that word off of you right now you are able more than able to do what he has called you to do so continue to dream but understand that as he stitches all the way around those the patchwork of your life as he goes all the way through and all the way around that there is a beautiful thing that he does because it's a beautiful fit for what God has for you Beautiful words. Jamie, just one more word over you and Topher real quick. The spirit of counsel is on you and, and Topher. You're going to have supernatural wisdom. And God in the days of light head is going to add skill even to the supernatural wisdom. You know, we've swung the pendulum all over the place on this counseling thing. I like to use the word coaching. Okay, we're going to be a coach. But, you, you know, in my mind, you give people tools, you give them the kind of the bottom line, what's the key, they got to go work on it. And you're going to be able to do that. You're going to have wisdom beyond your years, beyond your years, word of wisdom there. Amen. I want to, the couple I said hi to, second row, right behind Bobby and Risha here. And, uh, you know, I said, I got to give those guys a word. I mean, I'm got this cat thing going on on these t-shirts. Okay, good. I, I just saw you just taking things to poor people, taking things to people who are hurting and in need of assistance. And uh, there's a great gift of mercy on you, great compassion. And, and God's put the, the broken and the unnoticed and the disenfranchised and, and the people that, that the nothings that People, almost others don't even realize that they exist to, to go minister to them. Sometimes they're not in the street. Sometimes they're alone in an apartment and no one has visited them for two weeks. You're going to have a real ministry to shut-ins. You're going to have a real ministry to people who are just going through horrible situations. And, you know, they just, they just take a lot of work. They're a lot of maintenance. And you're just going to kind of come alongside of them. What can we do to bear this burden with you to, to get you off? I, I just see you, sister, 
taking them to agencies and educating them. You can get this service, you can get this service, and you can get this, and, and uh, you just have a knowledge about that whole thing. And uh, you're, oh, I didn't know that. My sister went on disability because she has cancer here recently. She got $18,000 in back pay. And, uh, you know, just some pe people know sometimes the things that are there, all sorts of things are related. It's just not out of your pocket. It's the wisdom, uh, especially you. You know what this is like. You've been there. Your, your Prince Charming's come alongside of you and, and come and, and, and lifted you out. But you know, you know from the pit from whence you were dug. And it's in you heavily. Remember, our pain becomes our platform. Our messes become our message. And that, that whole background you have, it's not just, it's not just, you know, that God delivered you out of that. You are in training because now you can comfort others with the comfort God has comforted you. You know why Moses was 40 years in the wilderness? Yeah, to humble him. But he was, he was a prince of Egypt. He was going to lead a tribe of people through the desert. He had to know every water hole. He had to know every you know, source of shade and, and Bedouin group to stay away from. He was in training. You were in training. And now the two of you are going to go and you're going to help people get sustained in their suffering. Father, let the grace of God be on them as they become your hands and your feet in doing this in Jesus' name. Amen. My man with the uh, kind of blue-black plaid shirt unbuttoned right here. Yes, sir. Why don't you stand up? And I hope that's your girl right there, right? You're snuggling up with her right there. All right. Such a sweet grace upon the two of you guys. Your story is beautiful. I, I don't know you. I've never met you before. But just the way that the Lord brought the two of you together, you kind of got this eclectic look about you. And there's a special, and that's a bit reflective of who you are. You don't fit the box. You're very unique. Very unique, and that's the way that the Lord fashioned you. My brother, the Lord, Lord even tell me, it's like, man, people, oftentimes they have misunderstood you. They haven't, they haven't figured you out. And yet the Lord has known you all along from the inside out. That's how he's wired you. And there's been moments and seasons where you've just wrestled with just fr frustrations. God, I seem to, to be that square peg in the round hole. that I, I just never seem to fit in the mold. And and there's been that, that, that tussling and wrestling at times where the enemy would just try to even steal your peace and your joy. But yet, God says, I've wired you this way for a specific purpose. Unlike anyone else, I've designed you to be you. And I see the Lord just uh, approving and, and, and just breathing life upon you. And the days of harassment are behind you, says the Lord. The day of just wrestling with those thoughts, they're behind you. Today is a new season. You've crossed the Jordan River. God brings you to a new season. And the two of you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there, there is an adventurous nature about you. There's a fearlessness about the two of you guys. And particularly when people say, man, you guys can't do this. This is too high. All right, I'll show you then. It's like there's this thing like, you know what, you're out to prove somebody wrong or perhaps somebody right but there's just like a tenacity that the Lord has placed within the two of you and you've had to fight you've had to wrestle you've had to fight the good fight and and you've come out on the other side with some 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 scratches and some bruising but yet there's a resolve within you there is there is a greater assurance of of who your God is You've had a fight where others didn't even have to fight, where others would just kind of cakewalk their way through situations. You had to fight your way through. But God just wants to let you know that you haven't been overlooked. 
He knows you. He sees you. He hears you. He is for you. He is with you. And he will continue to make a way even where there seems to be no way. Also, I want to let you know, sister, even, even some people that just said, said some things that were just not very nice. They questioned some motives. There's some people that were just saying, we talk, we say it back home. We say, they were talking smack about you, girl. They were talking and saying things that just weren't, weren't very uplifting. I'm just being very nice in how I say that. The Lord just wants to just zip all that. He wants to silence those, those voices, the, the voices of accusation, the voices of condemnation. The yesterdays are behind. God gives you a new canvas to work with. And he's doing a beautiful, beautiful thing in your life. Listen, and from the brokenness of your heart, from the broken pieces that were shattered and scattered everywhere, God picks up these pieces, hon, and he's forming a beautiful mosaic that is, that, that is better even than before. It's a masterpiece of redemption because that's how madly in love he is with you. People see you, they see Jesus. And I just declare over the two of you guys, though we're in the winter season now, I declare a spring season coming your way. Finances are going to continue to come. You're going to continue to not only pay bills, but you're going to be a resource to others around you. There's going to be, there, there, there are dreams that you, bucket lists. I see you got, y'all have some bucket lists, some dreams and things that you wanted to do and see and accomplish. And God's going to, as you continue to just follow after him, God's going to see to it that all those different little things are met. Why? Because he loves you that much. So be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the sister right here with the, um, that is like right, a couple rows in front, you right there with the coat with the fur around it. Yeah. Could you stand up? For I am the Lord that has delivered you out of the dark places and I, the Lord, have given you a new platform, and you have a new identity. You've experienced a transformation, and God has been in the midst of it. And even at times, you didn't even really understand why you had to go through some of the hard stuff. But God has been here for you this whole time. He saw you in the suffering. He saw you, and he hadn't forgotten you. And just like we heard from the word this morning there was a there was a strength and a purpose being built in you and God was showing you off and today is a new day and today is a day for you to tell your story you are going to speak to people about the the goodness of God and the the land of the living because you were in the land of the dying and God is going to use your story to really give people hope because hope is what people need and it's not just um, little words, they're power words. God's going to give your words weight. Where your words are going to influence. Your words are going to transform people. I see you in offices um, just um, doing some really just normal stuff. But in a couple conversations, you're going to change the whole atmosphere of the office. You're going to have a, an ability to to wake people up that have been in just really apathy. I, I feel like you're an atmosphere changer, and this is your day to get, to grab a hold of that, to take that to work with you, to take that where, wherever you work. Do you, do you happen to be where there's a lot of kids by any chance? I, I mean, I just see um, you not just influencing kids, but influencing families. 
of those kids. And this, this day, I just pray an anointing over you, a supernatural anointing to turn the tide of destruction of children that is so evident in our, in our culture right now, to give them hope and to push back suicide and, and fear in children. Right now, you are commissioned to have the ability of God to push back the dark agenda of the enemy over these children. Amen.